1979, Deputy Sheriff Val Johnson was on patrol in Minnesota when he suddenly encountered a UFO. This interaction left actual damage to his car and injuries to the police officer. Join myself and Neil as we discuss this famous case of physical interaction with a UFO. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Hello everyone and welcome to Aliens Explored, your weekly podcast where we explore extraterrestrial phenomena. Um, I'm one of your hosts, I'm Neil Kelly. And I'm Stu Jackson. And this week we will be looking at the, uh, the Officer Val Johnson incident in Minnesota in 1979. So Stu, what's all this one about? Oh, this is a really exciting one. Um, so quite often in ufology, that kind of almost the holy grail is physical evidence. Mm, of of UFO interaction. Uh, So here's a situation way back in 1979, uh, on the 27th of August at 2am, to be specific, Mm. over in Minnesota, um, you have Officer Val Johnson, who's pootling along in his car, as you do, um, a Ford uh, LTD, uh, for what it's worth. Uh, in his police car, encounters a a bright light. He loses uh, 39 minutes of time. Both his watch and the clock on the dashboard stop for 14 minutes. And the vehicle itself is damaged. Now, that's the real, real interesting part of this. There is evidence to show interaction. The windshield... Uh, is smashed headlight is broken Um, one of the emergency lights on the roof is broken and radio aerial is bent Val Johnson himself has marks he's got uh, bruises and he has an eye irritation um, that uh, a physician who examined him said was was very similar to what they call welder's burn so when you you look at a welding light and it it basically singes your your iris but it's basically a very very bright light that burns your eyeball well not yeah not only were we burned around the eyes but yeah his actual eyeballs were were seared Mm. Uh, as if he you know obviously um 
Maxi's sorry, we're seeing a very, very bright light. Um, and the damage on the car, um, now someone has examined the car, um, Meridian, Meridian French, um, an expert from the Ford Motor Company, examined the damage and bizarrely concluded that the crack patterns and apparent sequence of fractures seem to be due to inward and outward forces acting almost simultaneously. So something in the car and something out the car crushing, I guess, the windscreen or... Uh, did you say that... Did Johnson remember the light actually coming into the car? Uh, yes, that's that's one report that I heard, that the light approached, that a beam of light came from this, this orb of light... Mm. Um, and then, yeah, the orb of light itself basically went inside the car. Now, um, Officer Johnson said that um, his first thought when he saw the light, he could see that it, it wasn't a vehicle. It wasn't a vehicle on the road. It was something just a bit above the road. His first thought was that it was an aircraft making an emergency, language, emergency landing, but uh, um, which would cause... Yeah, that would break your headlight and bend your aerial and knock the light <laughs> off your roof. Definitely, but it would also leave a broken aircraft or a damaged aircraft somewhere nearby to be found, which um, which wasn't evident. It would also um, do a damn sight more damage than a broken windshield. Well, no, if it's a light aircraft, it just kind of clips you with the undercarriage, I guess. I don't okay. Know. All right. But how would that break the headlight without damaging the bonnet? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, now, he did say uh, that the bright light itself was 8 to 12 inches in diameter. Yeah, so not, not a big craft. Off the ground. He didn't hit mm -hmm. a full-size UFO, unless, um, unless extraterrestrials are a lot... A lot smaller than we've generally assumed them to be. So just to get, so he was on, he was outside a place called Stephen, spelt like the man's name, Stephen, Minnesota, mm -hmm. um, about five miles from there on Highway Five. Um, now he was he was unconscious for thirty nine minutes. He's worked out, but when he awoke, he realised his wristwatch and the vehicle's clock had stopped for fourteen minutes. Presumably, they'd stopped. And then started. They were just running for. They were they were running again, but fourteen minutes slow. I'm I'm just going to. I suppose contradicts a little bit here. Um, the report that I've got says he was on Highway Two Twenty. Um, where have I near got? Warren, Minnesota. Oh right, so here here we found a discrepancy already. We have found a discrepancy. Okay, uh, well, if any of the listeners. Um, know the area is it that uh highway five is an offshoot of 220 or something like that or are they the same road i mean you get that in uh, europe a lot don't you where, where a highway will have a national designation and an a route but it would also be an e designation it'll be a european route uh, yes so we, you don't get that so much in britain no but it like you say it does happen in europe so uh perhaps uh some of our american listeners might uh, might be able to clarify that for us but yes that is a a discrepancy right there mm. okay um also i mean i think it was it was quite apparent to a lot of people when this story came out how similar it was 
to what happens is in, in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the movie where they're driving along and there's suddenly all these lights flying at them down the road. Yes. Buzzing them. So something very similar, similar to that. Oh, actually, yeah. Well, we, <laughs> on, on that particular subject, so you're going to find that because Close Encounters of the Third Kind was based on actual events that people right. have experienced. But then like this this happened Kent. afterwards. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but the fact that it had happened repeatedly beforehand isn't going to stop it from happening afterwards. If it's a phenomenon that's really happening, the fact of a movie coming out that depicts that same phenomena isn't mm. going to change whether or not it happens. Sorry, just going back to where he actually was, uh, according to UFO Insight, he was approximately 10 miles outside the town of Stephen on Marshall County Road 5. And as he approached the intersection with Minnesota State 220, he looked to check for traffic before continuing. As he did, he witnessed a very bright, brilliant light seemingly heading in his direction. So, so I'm trying to imagine what this looked like. So was he... He wasn't at a T-junction because he was still driving down the road when this thing hit, wasn't he? Yeah, I I mean, the, the report I'm reading um, says that he was on a rural section of State Highway 220 near Warren, Minnesota. I mean, that mm. sounds... Sounds it, like it's it, the same place. We're just getting, it sounds we're just, like it's we're getting hung up on the, on the highway designations. a different description. Yeah. So, um, to give Johnson's own words uh, when he had a taped police interview he said I noticed a very bright brilliant light 8 to 12 inches in diameter 3 to 4 feet off the ground hmm. the edges were very defined so that's right. that's Johnson's own description hmm. there he drove towards the light and he woke up in the ditch 39 minutes well half an hour 39 minutes later with burns around his eyes well th there's and a damage to the car there's a photo of his car where you can see the skid marks where brakes have obviously been applied and then the car is kind of turned 90 degrees so it's the it's on the other side of the road the front wheels are in a ditch just off the road but mm -hmm. most of the car is still on the highway yeah um yeah, on the, on so the other side of the road. Emergency, that's an emergency stop right there. Yeah, which he claims he has no knowledge of that something else applied the brakes for him. He'd lost consciousness by this time, but, you know, who knows? I, I know well, that people can not remember doing things just before they lose consciousness. Yes, I was going to say, not remembering a thing doesn't mean to say he wasn't. Mm. It, he, he, he wasn't conscious or that someone else did it. Yeah. Now he he declined to undergo a polygraph test. Uh, I guess that's that's only mandatory if you're if you're accused of murder or something like that. Um, not not when you're just trying to explain damage to your car, um, which presumably wasn't very expensive, apart from the fact that the car was taken out of service and is now the UFO car on display as a yes. as a. Well, presumably it's, it's, it's earning its income in that way now as a, I, as a curiosity to be visited <laughs> rather than as a, a working highway patrol car. I would have thought it was repaired and put back into service and then 
when it was retired, it went into the museum. No, I think it's it's in the museum still with its broken windscreen and bent aerial and. Oh, it is to this day. But yeah. what I'm thinking is, at the time, I imagine it was repaired and put back into service, and then when it was time to, you know, when it had done its service, when it was retired, that's. I don't imagine it went straight into the museum. I don't know, I imagine it would be held as evidence of something for a while, wouldn't it? That we've got this wrecked police car and we need to examine it and find out what happened. And the officer's story is a bit unusual. I mean, um, initial reactions and suspicions were that the incident was ball lightning. um, And others pointed to the overhead power lines at the scene itself as a likely source, the bright light. But if a power line had come down, that would be... I mean, I know that would make a bright... I've seen a power line come down. It does make a, a bright light. Um, but then you've also that's, got a power line down that everyone would see when they're to see. You, oh, that's what you, you have hit. evidence of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there was nothing apart from his wrecked car. Or dam- slightly damaged car. Presumably still drivable car. Well, that's it. I mean, you've got the actual damage to the car. You've got the physical burns to his eyes and his bruises. Hmm. Now, Officer Johnson went into a kind of... Well, they say he went into hiding, but according to one report I I read, he wasn't very hard to find. He just got fed up with answering questions about it and moved to a job in a different state. Yeah, he he didn't really go into hiding. He just stopped talking about it. Yeah. I mean, he he won't himself. He doesn't say it was a UFO. He just says, I don't know what it is, and he's moved on with his life. Hmm. Well, you know, a, a ball of light 10 inches across doesn't meet the usual criteria for a, a UFO, does it? And it actually comes through your windscreen. Well, yes, um, that's not that uncommon um, for as a UFO description. As a very small Balls of light. Yeah. Yeah, but think um, back to when we were talking about the Foo Fighters. Mm. Um, that's how they were described, was balls of light. But presumably, I mean, I always, I don't think I've ever read it explicitly, but I always assumed that Foo Fighters were seen as something that could be the size of a, a manned aircraft rather than something very small. <sighs> yes, and, and that's an assumption that it's very easy to make it's one I would make Mm. but yeah I don't recall that ever being explicitly said and certainly when you're up in the air perspective can do funny things can't it Um, it it can yeah and presumably I mean drones are very commonplace on our planet now it's it's not beyond the realms of possibility that, that extraterrestrials might deploy drones um, there's all sorts of good reasons why drones are better than manned aircraft. All sorts of situations. For one thing, they're being much smaller because they haven't actually got to carry a human being. Um, yeah. In fact, I, I, I have read that the current generation of jet, jet, military jet aircraft will probably be the last generation of manned jet aircraft that it will go all. That they'll all be unmanned. Radio controlled. Really controlled, yeah. If, if if it can be controlled just as well from someone sat on the ground, um, and 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 have the benefit of being smaller and more expendable. Well, that's a bit Skynet, right there. 
Yeah, but that's... I mean, do these people not watch, you know, movies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> they, they do, so but it, they probably take away a different lesson from them that we do. So this might end up being um, a shorter-than-usual episode. Um with this one then so hmm. it's certainly a bit of an enigma i mean let's let's look at what alternatives there could be it's been suggested that he actually did the damage himself to the vehicle that he crashed his car and but you know val johnson was an officer with an impeccable record mm. um that anyone can have a car accident even even on their own on a lonely highway you can crash a car you yes. could you could fall asleep or or whatever um that it's i think a police officer would recognize that it would it would not be in your interest to come out with an outlandish story that's going to be examined for its veracity by thousands of people all over the world you're better off coming up with a very very mundane explanation that will just be oh one of those things. Well, we'll, we'll you know, you need a new windscreen, a new light. We'll take that out your paycheck. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. And then forget about it. Exactly. Um, so it certainly gives an, an interesting story there. Also, if he damaged the car himself, you know. I mean, let's say worst case scenario. Yes, he did it for the attention. He. Mm. he damaged his car he came up with his wild story how did he injure his eyes yeah and you know did did he actually see the lights come into the car was it in his lap and then he heard the glass breaking as he blacked out which so it, was, it somehow came uh, through the glass without breaking it and then i'm not 100 percent sure of that what, what i gather is that basically this this ball of light was there and he drove effectively into it mm. um, now at this point as I understand it that's when he's got this this loss of memory or, or he's blacked out or or whatever happened um, for him not to be aware Yeah, I mean there are there have been lots of stories lots of descriptions of strange glowing orbs on Lonely Country Roads there's the um, the Min Min lights of the Australian outback apparently have been seen for decades, um, and of course, as we as we discussed with with um, our our listener Rudy's case, uh, the Marfa lights of Texas, mm -hmm. um, people have been witnessing a similar kind of thing: these these glowing orbs chasing cars down the highway. Yes, yes. So, I I. I'm I'm struggling. Well, do you know what? I, f I feel like I'm almost summarising already. <laughs> um, I don't know what else we can really say about this because you know he he's he's come forward. He's given his story. He's got no explanation. The damage is there. The damage is there to the vehicle. The the injuries are there to mm. him. Um, and that's it, really. There's not much more. I I can't think why he would make it up. Um, well, the the damage is consistent with him hitting something, but there there was nothing. Obviously, they they would have, you know, for instance, hitting an animal that would do that kind of damage. It, it, your bonnet hits it, 
which breaks the light. It comes up onto the bonnet, smashes your breaks your windscreen and then goes over the roof, damaging your, your headlight and your and bending your aerial. That would Okay. That, that would be but then there'd be a dead animal somewhere or maybe it was a an in and there would be blood on the on the car. Yes. And didn't you say that the expert from Ford Motor Company um determined that the pressure came equally from inside and outside at the yeah. same time? Yeah. We that's that's a really weird bit. So, mm. yeah, like I said, a bit of a shorter episode, but that's fine. Uh, so let's summarise then. So, Val Johnson, Neil, did he encounter a UFO? Um, I don't think... Val Johnson himself has never said that it was a UFO. No. Nope. Um, it was a strange orb of light that he couldn't explain. That at yes. first he thought it was a... It was a, a small aircraft coming into land and making an emergency landing on the highway, and 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 then he blacked out and woke up thirty nine minutes later with his with his watch and the car's clock running fourteen minutes slow, and some fairly mundane damage to his you know, easily repairable damage done to his vehicle. Mm. Um, but he 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 was found by a colleague wasn't he he was he was still set and he didn't just sort of get over it and and drive away he was found by a colleague mm. and um and had this physical injury that that was very difficult to explain he had this injury to his eyes which thankfully wasn't permanent no. but was consistent with being dazzled by a very bright light i remember once um i was at lanzarote and um there's a there's a restaurant there on top of a volcano and it's kind of unnerving because you're kind of there and they, they do this little demonstration there's a bit where the guy pours he gets a water bottle and pours some water in a hole in the ground and a few seconds later it shoots out as a great big geezer of steam um, and then he um, and then he shoves some some loose sort of brush into a hole which catches fire and you think bloody hell and then you're in this restaurant where the <laughs> the food is being cooked on the volcano. There's it's like a, a big sort of, well. uh, I suppose a, a, like a well, but uh, about ten feet in diameter with a grill over it. And I thought, well, can you look? I mean, you can approach it. It's only the wall's only about three feet high. Can I actually look down into the volcano? And I sort of did, and then immediately realised it's going to burn my eyeballs out. I could actually feel the heat on my face. Mm. But, yeah. So I can imagine it's quite an alarming feeling. Your 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 eyes being seared by heat. Yes. Hmm. But yeah. So what do you reckon? Is he? Um, He's encountered is something. Un- is it otherworldly? It's certainly something we don't have an explanation for. Whether it's whether it's um, otherworldly, I, I don't know. It's something that that seems to. And why why does it only happen on lowly country roads? <laughs> or maybe it happens in other lonely places as well, but there's no one there to see it. But lonely Indeed. roads, occasionally, yeah, it'll be a car on their own. Well, for my part, I'm quite unusually going to put forward a different theory here. Um, I wonder if this was ball pl- uh, like plasma ball, uh, hmm. which is a phenomenon that does happen. Um, it's quite rare, but if this is a ball of plasma, this could have had 
effects. I mean, it will certainly cause um, the the burns to his eyes. It can have an electromagnetic effect uh, that would affect the watch, possibly cause him to black out. I don't know. Um, it would meet the physical description. So, yeah, I'm wondering if it's something like if it's if it's a phenomenon like ball plasma. Actually, I've just lightning. Another burning question. Forgive the pun. We know where it came into the car through the windscreen. How did it get out the car again, or did it fizzle? Did it evaporate into nothing, or did it go out the way it came in? Or, I mean, that could explain the damage from inside that it came into the car and then went out the car again. But then that wouldn't explain the pressure being applied equally at the same time. Um, no, but it, 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 if it smashed through the windscreen and then smashed back out again. That would, you would have glass in the car from the inward coming plasma ball and glass outside the car from the outward going ball. Could be. Um, Could be. But that's, that's my question. Where did it go? What, what happened mm. after it hit his car? Did it, Or did it just... I mean, he says it was in the car with him, doesn't he? But, but it, it looks like, I mean, just based on the damage to the car, it looks like, you know, it hit his... Like running over an animal, that yeah, the, the the headlight hit it first, and it bounced over the bonnet. There's a little dent in the bonnet. You can see it hit the windscreen and then bounced over the roof, damaging his red light and his antenna. That's what it looks like. But so, did it go over the car or did it come into the car though? Maybe it didn't. I mean, maybe it you know it, it hit the windscreen with enough force to smash it, and it was bright enough to sear his eyes, but then it bounced over the car. Because otherwise, where did it go? It's obviously something quite substantial. If it had landed in the back seat, there'd definitely be a, you know, be a big, big yeah. hole burnt in it. Yeah. And presumably, a, a police car. It's going to have. He's going to have a, a, a cage behind him, isn't he? Behind separating the people in the front from the I, I from the potential arrestees in the back. I but, don't know if every police car has. That. Well, I'm looking at a picture of it here. And it looks like it's got. Oh, this that. is uh, this so, is a hell of a summary. Yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, it, it it can't have got through to the back because there's that cage there. Right. Which is undamaged, so unless yeah. it can pass through cages if it's not solid. Yeah. Then unless if it's it not solid, that. how does it do the damage? Yeah. If it's, yeah. So, so very, many very strange unanswered questions. Yeah, definitely I think we can agree it was a very strange occurrence. And and of course the um the person it happened to lost consciousness, so his his memory of it is partial and perhaps not entirely reliable indeed but what do you think listeners um is val johnson um a subject of physical interaction with the ufo or is there a more earthly explanation uh, like the ball lightning or ball plasma yeah. um, or just the guy who crashed his car and was too embarrassed to fess up to it or indeed something really mundane like yeah. that. Do write in and let us know. And uh, as a complete aside um, to this uh, this podcast, if you like listening uh, to Neil and myself, we are actually members of a different podcast of a different kind, uh, aren't we, Neil? Very, very, very different kind. Yes. Uh, so we partake on a an actual play role playing podcast. Uh, this is very similar to the old Dungeons and Dragons 
tabletop role-playing. Um, it's actually based on Pathfinder, which is a different system, but that's into technicalities. But if you want to hear more on that, uh, head on over to talesfromthe20side.com or just search on your, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, Tales from the Twenty Side. We we have a lot of fun doing that, don't we, Neil? We do. Yeah, we do. So there we go. Um, don't forget to join us next time when we will be discussing the videos released by the Pentagon in April this year. Very excited. Looking forward to that. Indeed. So until then, keep watching the road ahead. Those guys. <laughs> See you that's next it time. For me. Take care. And that's bye it bye. for me. Bye bye. Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com.